DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to welcome in our college football insider, Riley Jensen. Riley, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How's it going? Good. I'm intrigued by how much, and and you're in the middle of it because you do these Mountain West elite camps, and so coaches want your kind of your perspective as you deal with these guys, especially if you've dealt with them younger and you know their attitudes and you know how they've grown and evolved over time. And I'm curious, just like as much as recruiting is more scientific because there's more film than ever, uh, how much of it is still a roll of the dice because. Jack Tuttle's getting offers from Utah and USC, and at the same time, Wilson isn't is just driving around trying to find somebody and does well at a camp at Boise State, and then eventually skips that offer and takes the BYU offer. And now, if you could redo things, Tuttle's at multiple schools not playing, and Wilson's showing up top five uh, quarterback in the eyes of NFL teams. So is recruiting really getting that much better? Was it even a bigger roll of the dice? I, I don't think it's getting that much better. Um, there's there's still a whole bunch of, uh, for lack of a better term, it's, there's a little bit of arrogance on the college level that they know better than high school coaches, right? So there's a little bit of like, look, as long as he's tall enough and as long as he has a strong enough arm, I'm going to be able to teach him how to read defenses better than you guys can, right? So there's a, there's a, there's still a little bit of that. So there's there's this whole eye testing, like do they pass the eye test? And one of the things that happened with with Zach that I that I think is maybe one of the reasons why he didn't have as many P5 offers as you would have thought that he would have um, coming out of his senior year is. He was extremely skinny for all the way up through his junior year. And part of the reason that he was skinny is because he was also playing basketball. And so when he's trying to lift weights where he can put on some of the bulk, he had from from basically like March to June to kind of like bulk up a little bit. And then basketball is playing all summer. Football is playing all summer. And it takes away from your ability to – to kind of work on your body. Well, before his senior year, he quits playing basketball. He puts on not not significant weight, but probably 15, 15 pounds. And it changed everything with him as far as the way that people viewed him. And that's why he got a lot of late offers. But at the quarterback position, most quarterbacks are, are offered and slotted in after their junior year of films. It's it's not their senior year. And so the coaches are still missing. If you would ask me, if you would ask me, like, hey, what do you think about Zach Wilson? I would have told you after his junior year, I'm really surprised he's not getting more offers. But the, the feedback or the thought was, like, ooh, I don't know if he can take the hits from a big-time team. I don't know if he has the frame that can handle these things. And it was all false. And, it, and and it's really because to a lot of the coaches, he didn't pass the eye test of being kind of that physical specimen. Now, he's grown into that, and I think there's some things that, that have really helped him. But I think the difference personally between Jack Tuttle and Zach Wilson is sometimes – it's good not to get everything handed to you or offered to you right away 
because if it if it's not the right kid, if it's not the Peyton Mannings of the world who who realize that the work just begins when you get those offers, it can play games with your minds like you like you deserve it or that you're entitled to this, you know, the the blessing of playing in the NFL. I don't think Zach Wilson has ever had that mentality, nor has he ever been blessed with, you know, all these awards or all these different things. Although on the high school level and in the Utah level, he was pretty much, you know, given everything that you would think. But there's been something there that has always kept him pushing. Like, I can't believe I didn't get offered by a certain school. I can't believe that the Pac-12 didn't really open up to me. And so I think that works on him and he thinks about it all the time and the hard work and the effort that's taken place since he got, got to college has probably been much more than some of these other guys that had everything handed to him their whole life. And we're seeing the results of it now. What I find fascinating in terms of talking about the recruitment of these quarterbacks is that some schools will only offer one, and it's like, uh, you know, you brought up Tuttle, and as we understand it, he wanted Utah, but he didn't want anybody else recruited. Utah says yes. They pass on Zach Wilson. Surely they could have used Zach Wilson in their program, no question. Then you look at SC. Right now, to my knowledge, they've got commitments out to many quarterbacks. They've got commitments from two four-star kids. Uh, this Garcia kid who's now in Georgia from the L.A. area trying to find a place to play. And then they got another commitment there from uh, another kid in California. And then we know they offered the Corner Canyon kid because he's been talking about it on Twitter. Uh, what is your philosophy as far as what works best from the college standpoint? Because why does some only say, we're going to stick with you and that's it, even if it means overlooking a kid right down the street? And other programs, well, we'll take two or three or four commitments, and then maybe we decide, well, we're actually only going to sign one or two of them. Yeah, I think I think there's this whole there, – there's a real difficulty in, in offering and meaning what you say and say what you mean. And I think the University of Utah, you know, they, they try to take the high road. They try to do it right. They try to show their commitment to a kid and – it obviously didn't work out great. Um, and then you have other places that are like, and, and I, and I, I, I have been looking at the USC situation just cause I know of Jackson dart and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, why would they offer Jackson dart right now? Well, to me, when you start offering more than one kid, it means that you start watching it or you start watching another kid. And you're like, I don't, I actually don't like the guy that we offered as much as the, the new guy that we're offering. And so we're hoping that he'll decommit because we offered this other kid. Now, at USC, that might not work out. You might have to take two guys, or you might have to like make a hard decision and say, well, I know we offered you, but we're now taking that offer off the table. But they can save face by offering a new guy and everybody going, hey, I thought you were in love with me, and and USC is kind of like, yeah, I kind of changed my mind. Like I, I don't, I don't want to date you anymore. And so, it's it's just a really interesting. I I think coaches are in a little bit harder situation than than you would think, and especially at the quarterback position because these quarterbacks are demanding so much coming out of high school now. Like like in the situation of Jack Tuttle, we're like, well, if you offer me and I commit. And you offer somebody else, then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna open my commitment to, to to somewhere else, and I'll and I'll leave. 
And it's like, okay, well, I really want, I really want this kid. Like, I really like him. And I guess I have to play by his rules right now. But it, it can lead to you missing somebody like Zach Wilson. But I, I, this is what I'll say that's really interesting. And I have some insight as to, you know, the recruiting of Cam Cooper, the recruiting of Zach Wilson. And so just take this in general terms. But um, I know for a fact a kid that was offered by almost every school around the country. And, you know, when I talked to Ed Larson, the head coach at Lehigh about this, he was like, oh, yeah, this is totally true. He said there was only three coaches. And there was, you know, Cam Cooper had, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I want to say he had over 50 major Division One offers, right? He says there was only three schools who really did their homework, who came – and, and they said, how is he off the field? How is he, you know, as a teammate? Is he about the team or is he about himself? How is his work ethic? How Like, there was only three coaches out of 50 that actually came and did their homework and wanted to know and dig a little bit deeper into the character of the kid. So I think that's really, really ironic in a world where so much weight is put on the quarterback position that there's some schools that aren't really doing um, their homework. They're just playing the me too game. Oh, oh, who offered? Oh, yeah, we got to offer him too, right? And so there's this whole keeping up with the Joneses that happens in the NCAA that sometimes causes you to miss and causes you to miss in recruiting. And I, I, I'm still not very impressed with recruiting. As, as much as you want to call it scientific, as much as you want to call it and, you know, I love Gary Anderson's quote. He says, you know, you, if you if you land one out of four recruits, you're a terrible recruiter. And if you land two out of four, you're an unbelievable recruiter. And so the, the threshold for being a good recruiter is two out of the four will pan out for you. And I, and I think that's interesting. I think that just shows that it's still a little bit of a difficult situation. And unless you're really able to do your homework on every kid, it's difficult. Ronnie Jensen, our college football insider, joining us. So, uh, Zach Wilson's putting up huge numbers, looking good. Some of it's got to be the competition, right? I mean, certainly the competition isn't what it was expected to be. But at the same time, you see draft lists, and man, he is top five in multiple draft lists. So clearly NFL people are seeing something they like, regardless of the competition. What are you seeing in all of that? And are you surprised when you see him pop up in a top five? I've seen him fifth in one, second in another. Uh, I'm not surprised from the sense that Zach's a football rat. Like, this guy has wanted to be a quarterback for a long time. He looks like a quarterback. He talks like a quarterback. He acts like a quarterback. But here's here's where where, where I'll say that NFL guys are looking at it and going, oh, geez, right? So there's – there's certain times where he'll roll out of the pocket and he'll make a throw that I don't care if it's Alabama, I don't care who it is, he he can make the throw, right? And then there's just there's that there's there's the swagger, there's you know, I always talk about like if I were to like cut the rest of the T V off and I just look at the quarterback, I can almost tell whether it's a completion just by his body language and the way that he attacks the throw, um, without even looking at the throw, you can almost go, oh, yeah, that's a completion. Oh, no, that's not a completion. And I don't know what the body language is when I look at it, but Zach has that body language that 
almost every single time he throws the ball, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's going to be a completion. Oh, that's a completion. The body language tells me that's a completion. And as a result, it's up near 80% in completions, which is just off the chain good. I don't care what level of football that is. And I know that the schedule has not been um, fantastic, but he's doing all the things that a great quarterback would do against lesser competition. Now, I will say this. We'll say this. Dax Milne, um, some of these receivers, Gunnar Romney, you know, the tight ends, Mason Wake, these guys are also reminding me a lot of the BYU teams of old where they catch everything. I mean, yes, this is not to take away from Zach at all, but I think we got to give a little bit of credit, you know, to, to the coaching down there, to Coach Sataki, the wide receivers coach, and to this wide receiver core. I mean, there's catches by Dax Milne. I mean, I know it seemed like a little thing, but they did a little crossing route over the middle last game. It was way behind him. He reaches his hand back, just catches the tip of the ball, and gets him nine yards and a completion without anyone even hardly saying anything on TV. And, and I mean, uh, Andre Ware, all he's ever going to talk about is freaking Zach Wilson. But I'm starting to notice how good this wide receiver core is and how great of catches they actually make. And I think it would be really fun to play with it, with this receiving core. They remind me of the, the Andy Boyces, the Eric Drages, the Bryce Domans of the past that run really, really good routes and they catch everything. And as a quarterback, I've, I know I've talked about this with you guys before. When I was throwing to Kevin Curtis at Snow College, his catching radius was off the charts. Like he could catch, I mean, within 12 feet of him, he was going to catch the ball. And all of a sudden, as a quarterback, it makes you more confident. And all of a sudden, I start throwing the ball on the money to Kevin Curtis because I know that I don't have to be perfect. And that's what happens with these wide receivers is you don't have to be perfect to Dax Milne or Gunnar Romney or some of these guys that are catching the ball for you. And all of a sudden, you start putting everything on the money because there's no pressure to be perfect. And so I, I just wanted to give a little bit of a you know acknowledgement to this wide receiver core because they've been very good. They've been very solid, and I think that helps Zach Wilson to, to throw an even higher percentage than maybe he would have in the past. Knowing what you know of DJ Riley, do you think he would prefer a PBU or a PB&J? <laughs> Listen, I'm in no position to, to criticize people who like PB and J's, but I think, Not a kid. I think we all love I think we all love a PBU. We all love a PBU. I'll tell you this right now. And this is critical. And I'm not kidding about this, despite the fact PK's, PK's, if it's peanut butter and jelly, I'm out. If it's peanut butter and jam, I'm in. The jelly is strained and has no fruit chunks. I'm about the jam. You know what? I I think this is this is a serious conversation. Dang right it is. What I want to do is I want to I want to add a little flavor to you. Like, what what do you think about peanut butter and honey? Negative. 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 It's a no go. No, I decided peanut butter and honey a long time ago. Mom got all healthy and tried to hook me on that when I was ten. 
Dad came in, grabbed the strawberry jam, (laughs) slathered it on the bread. When you squeeze the sandwich, I don't want a big gob coming out of my hand. That's gross. But I want a little bit leaking around the side. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm with you with the peanut butter and jelly, but I'd probably go a little bit of peanut butter and honey sandwich every once in a while. Ma, is it World War II? You're just changing the color of the bread. Let's put a little jam on there. Come on now. Wow. No, I had to hear My parents were just old enough I heard about rationing during World War II. (laughs) Stop it already. We all heard about it. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But, but dude, I didn't know peanut butter and honey was a rationing thing. It tastes pretty good. No, that's a health food thing. That was mom just trying to get super healthy with me. Dad's like, (laughs) yeah, a few grams of sugar, whatever. Here. (laughs) Have some jam. Add it, kid, Dad. Add it, kid. Gobs of it coming out of my hand. No, no, I'm that's gross. Out. That's gross. I don't want that. That's gross. It's not. It's disgusting. Oh my god! But a little bit leaking out the side. That's no big deal. So one more question. One yeah. more question. Creamy peanut butter or chunky peanut butter? Chunky, obviously. Oh Please. man, good call. Good call, man. You're not you're creamy nonsense. Oh yeah. Discuss this with my chunky wife. somehow for DJ seems appropriate, doesn't yeah, it, Riley? That a kid. Fat humor. Thank you. Body shaming. All right. Wow. Yeah. I meant in the peanut butter. Whatever. Wow. I don't think you did. Wow, but that's your that's your wow, mistake. PK. Yep. There it is. Uh, wouldn't it be appropriate for him to eat, eat eat chunky? That's all. I mean, you guys extrapolate in areas that are not intended. Shame on you. All about the chunky peanut butter. All right, there it is. We broke down the peanut butter and jam and the quarterback play at BYU, and somehow they go together like peanut butter and jam. Not jelly, jam. All right, thank you, Riley. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Love being on your show.